Hello and welcome to the Out of Towners podcast. I'm Simon. I'm Steve. And uh, those of you who've been eagle-eyed or... I'd say eagle-eared, maybe. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Uh, may have noticed that we... The eagles have ears. Yeah, they, they have, have ears. They have little holes. <laughs> um, We're not a, a nature podcast, so you haven't tuned in to the wrong place. I think I could actually We are supposed up. to be a football podcast. <laughs> yeah, so and those... now we see a Stephen in his <laughs> natural habitat. Me asking whether eagles have ears. Um, no, uh, we've not been as regular with our usual football podcasters. As, as we have been in the past but uh, those of you who will have been keeping an eye on our Facebook on our Twitter you'll have seen that we released um, a Chorley FC dedicated episode didn't we? We have um, when, uh, we're going to start a partnership with Chorley Well we've already the, started haven't we? We have done we're, uh, we are half we're half our, an episode in It's our Victory Park edition uh, where we interviewed Chorley FC new signing Chris Holroyd that went really well had some really good feedback with that but now we're back to our uh, bread and butter aren't we? We are just talking rubbish about Football. football and eagles by the sound of it. Oh, just before we get into this, just um, come on, England. Oh, we're not, we're not, no, no cricket. We've already digressed with the eagles. Let's just stay on football. I'm patriotic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, obviously. Those of you who are also eagle eared will notice, um, hopefully, that we've had an upgrade in audio. <laughs> they, they won't have a clue. No, they won't have a clue. <laughs> but uh, we, we're, now, we're now a professional outfit rocking two microphones. Two microphones, yeah. Uh, should we just start talking about football? Yeah, they're up to date now. The towners are up to date. So I'd say the main piece of news that uh, we spoke about today and that we wanted to mention um, and kind of delve into a little bit was the uh, Antoine Griezmann transfer to Barcelona. It's a very strange one, isn't it, really? There's there's more than meets the eye. Yeah, so Barca believe he's their player because they've met his uh, post-July It's a very strange system, isn't it? It Where Barcelona pay... Griezmann, £107 million or whatever it is. This is. He then goes to the Spanish authorities and hands that money that's to That's basically him. buying himself out of his contract. Now, what I. Th- this is a little bit like the Neymar transfer in that people say that Neymar is like the most expensive football in the world. He's technically not because technically Neymar was a free transfer. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, he, bought, he was given the money by PSG to then buy himself out of his contract then he signed for PSG so oh, disappeared te- <laughs> yeah gone with PSG's money so technically Neymar was a free transfer now what I'm hearing um, through various social media channels is that um, after July the 1st Griezmann's release clause was 108 million and before that time it was 180 million yeah now Barca believe they've activated this 108 million release clause because obviously we're after July the 1st but Atletico believe that they were tapping him up long before July the 1st so they should have to pay the 180 million Um, so I think this could rumble on I really do because Atletico Madrid are uh, historically and and well known as being tough negotiators so I can imagine this rumbling I don't don't think we've heard the end of Atletico Madrid in this at all No I I agree Uh, it's going to be a scary prospect really if they can pick him up because I think he's. I think um, it's a no-brainer for Barcelona. But would you fit him in? Money. This is my. Issue. I think. I think he's can, he's there as as a replacement for Suarez. You saw Suarez towards the end of the season against us in particular in the Champions League. I know he scored in the first leg, second leg. He had a couple of half chances which he fluffed. He doesn't look like the player he has been. Obviously, he's still a top-class player, and he's obviously missed a lot of the. Well, he missed their uh, Copa del Rey final defeat as well because he had to have some surgery. He didn't look. Um, 
the usual Luis Suarez at the Copa America either. So I think Luis on a downward trend. So I think it's a no-brainer. You can go, you go and take Griezmann, have him as the long-term kind of successor to Suarez for the next three or but four he's years. Not well, yeah, because he's twenty-eight. For this, yeah, he's, yeah, yeah. he's twenty-eight, so he's he's got a good three or four years at the top level in him. Um, maybe three years, four years of it a stretch because one of Griezmann's biggest attributes is his pace, and he's not going to have that. Um, as he gets older, Suarez never had pace, so that's why he's gone a little bit longer. Um, mm. But I do think it's a no-brainer for Barcelona, and and in doing so, in signing this quality player to replace Suarez, um, eventually, they're also taking Atletico's top scorer for the last five years. So in strengthening their own hand, they're weakening their opponent. So it's a no-brainer. And to be honest, if if uh, they have to pay a bit more than 108, say they have to compromise at 140, well, they paid 140 million for Philippe Coutinho, who's not pulled up trees. So I no, would just you, pay it. I'd pay it. You've had a bit, a bit to say, haven't you, recently about um, Coutinho. Philippe Coutinho? I, I'm on the fence. I, I mean, I've flip, I've told you off mic. I kind of keep flip flopping on this on this um, topic of as to whether I'd take Coutinho back. First of all, I think it's a moot point. I think he'll stay at Barcelona. Um, I don't think anyone will pay what Barcelona paid for him, uh, so they won't get that money back. So he'll probably stay at Barca for another year. Uh, he just looks completely bereft of any confidence. Um, he looks shocking Which at Anfield. You've got two players snapping at his heels in Dembele and Malcolm. Exactly, and, and he went to Barca. It was his dream move. It was his dream club. He was seen as the natural successor to Iniesta. Um, I'm not saying he was ever as good as Iniesta, but he was a similar player with how he like kind of glided with the ball. Um it was all set up for him because he already knew a couple of the, the lads there. He knew Suarez. Um, he's good friends with um, a couple of the um, the other players like PK as well from bef- before. It was all set up for him to do really well there, and um, and for one reason or another, it, it hasn't happened. And um, and as a Liverpool fan, I can't I can't help but kind of look at it and smile a little bit because he went over to Barcelona to win the Champions League, and he pretty much. He, 18 months after he goes over to there, over there to win the Champions League, we win it. So, um, cut price? Would you have him back? Now you see that's the topic that I keep flip flopping on. Um, if it's a cut price, uh, without a shadow of a doubt, yeah. Uh, if it's 50, 60 million, then yeah. But anything more than that, which I, it would probably be around about 80, then no. Um, we've moved on. We've. I mean, people say, like, yeah, you won the Champions League without him, but that's a cup competition. Well, people seem to forget we were one point, well, two points essentially away from doing a double without him. Like, yeah, it's I true. mean, we were we were two points off winning the league last year against one of the most dominant uh, teams in the Premier League history. And the way I look at it, you look at the different. You look at Mane, you look at Coutinho. Who would you rather have? Well, I don't think it. Better? I don't think it would be rather either or. I think Mane, Firmino, and Salah are all kind of there. And it would be the most advanced of the midfield three behind him, where Coutinho would be, and that's where Coutinho was in the in the few months Which leading you're up. You're missing, arguably you're missing. We are, but then you look at um, before his injury, Naby was scoring a few goals, playing well. He played really well against Southampton away. Ox, I know it's I'm, I'm shaking my head as I'm saying this, and it is a cliche. Boxley Chamberlain will be like a new signing if he can come back anything close to where he was before his injury against Roma the season before last he was giving us goals for midfield his assists to Salah um, so I wouldn't say we need him with those two players the only issue is Naby could easily come back from this groin injury not the same player Ox might not be the same player so then you get to January or even you get to September October November 
and you look at the squad and you think, well, we're missing something from midfield if those two players haven't kind of come in and uh, and hit the ground running, which is difficult after two big big injuries. Uh, I don't want to talk too much about Liverpool because I, I do do that quite a lot on each podcast. We're not, we're not a biased podcast, <laughs> are we? That was um, but out. I'd take him at a cut price deal, yeah. Um, but anything more than that, I'd, um, I'm quite happy to keep the squad as it is and just add squad players around it because that's what he'd be essentially coming in to be a squad player he wouldn't be he wouldn't walk straight into the team is his ego going to manage that right? he wouldn't walk straight into the team I don't think he's going to come back I, I don't think no um, and I, th- I don't I don't Coutinho's never really struck me as having an ego and I really think this time at Barca will have hit him hard I think his confidence looks like it's in the toilet being booed by his own fans I mean when he scored the absolute screamer against United into the top corner his first um his first idea was, rather than celebrate with his teammates, was to put his fingers in his ear to show that he's not listening to his own fans. So <laughs> that's obviously showing where his head's at. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, like I said, he's a quality player. I take him back at a cup price deal, but there's a, there's also an argument to say we've moved on um, and we need different types of players. Yeah. Um, but for Griezmann, I think it's an interesting one because it could rumble on, but it's a no-brainer, isn't it, really? It is, and it's been promised for quite a number of seasons now. Well, there was that there was that on. thing, wasn't there? Was it last season, uh, or it must have been last season or last January transfer? And I can't remember where he did that documentary called The Decision, yeah. where yeah. It, it kind of built up all the way through this uh, this this hour long documentary, and at the end he confirmed that he was staying at Atletico. I mean, it must have been the same people well, who did why. the Sunderland oh, stuff. Oh yeah, of course, yeah. <laughs> but that's why Barcelona fans aren't taking to him. Um, there's a re- apparently when it is confirmed and I know Barca will put it on their website they won't introduce him at the new Camp because they're worried about backlash because of him rejecting them last year so when they go introduce him <laughs> Bernabeu oh yeah I just don't think they'll do a club side one they might just do a training a training ground one but that again leads me on something interesting that he looks to be taking the number 7 shirt which is Coutinho's so at this point in time once that deal is confirmed Coutinho will be numberless at Barcelona which is mad, a player of his quality, numberless. Yeah, it's 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 probably not gone the way that he planned to go. Not a chance. I think he'll probably, if he does end up leaving Barca, he'll probably end up at PSG as a segue to somewhere else. They've got a lot of players, though, in that squad. If, a lot of if players. Chelsea weren't, um, if Chelsea didn't have the transfer ban, I think he'd be perfect for Chelsea, Coutinho. Is that kind of talisman. He always scored against Chelsea for one, and they used to do that. They bought Morelles off us because he used to score against them. Bought Torres off us because he scored against them. Um, so yeah. yeah I don't think Frank's really got no. that ability there has he no he can't sign anyone but I think if, if they hadn't have had that um, transfer ban I think Coutinho would have been the replacement for Hazard yeah. I really do uh, well, I'm trying to not come in, go, go on to a topic that I really don't we're going to have to but I mean we this is becoming a little like Liverpool and Newcastle podcast isn't it really but I we're going to have to talk season. about it it's it is the off season, season yeah it? yeah and, uh, we're going to yeah. have to talk about it we have to because it's it's all a bit of a shambles well we spoke um, the last podcast we did the last what where we football. thought we were getting Mourinho no that was we were just spoke, we talked about Rafa didn't we about Rafa leaving and um, and what and who your club were going to be looking at and I was uh, I was laughing at you because Gary Monk had been mentioned and it doesn't look like I was far off well, does it <laughs> at this stage I think I'd rather have Gary Monk so um, we found out midweek that Big Sam oh, Allardyce don't, don't, don't. turned you down. Imagine going from a position where Rafael Benitez, European Cup winner, one of the serial, UEFA's top coaches, serial in that trophy program. winner, um, has left. Yeah, and 
you would go from that to Big Sam Allardyce again, again, and and he and it wasn't the fact that you said no to him, he said no to you. I don't really understand what's going on here because the rumours were if he'd have taken the job, Kevin Nolan would have come with him, and Kevin Nolan was in an interview the week before. He was game very, night, very he complimentary was, he about was, Mike Ashley. He was Mike Ashley camp number one. Fan. He was. He was. So. Which, which I lost a lot of respect for Kevin Nolan after listening to that interview. To be honest, I've I've always had a lot of respect for Kevin Nolan. He's a big Liverpool fan. I've seen him in uh, his fair share of kebab shops and chip shops in yeah, Liverpool have, when yeah. I was there. Um, I've got a lot of respect for Kevin Nolan. But he, as soon as I heard that interview, I thought he's got onto the list of players much like Shola. I think Rio Ferdinand. I, I think I think Shola's disappointing because he's obviously a Newcastle. I think I think Nolan in particular is angling for the assistant job. I think well, that's what the plan I think, was. I think for Sam. With, with Sam, but obviously but I something's think happened in the in the talks because I think I don't even think it reached talks. I just think well, it must have done well, because he wouldn't. Have, Sam said. Wouldn't Sam said on so talk highly. Sport, Sam said on Talksport that it, he didn't actually speak with Ashley or Chan- Lee. Charlie. Yeah, he said he didn't speak to them. He said it was a conversation from his agent. His agent asked him, and he basically essentially thought about it for a little bit, and then said no to his agent. So there weren't any formal discussions. Newcastle obviously approached Sam's agent, and Sam just thought, "Don't fancy that." Which is, I mean, from Sam's point of view, it's a weird one because I can understand the grief. Not, I don't. First of all, we all know I don't like Sam Allardyce, um, but the grief that he got from your fans almost instantaneously, and following Rafa Benitez this time as well they just wouldn't have taken to him so I don't blame Sam for turning you down if I'm being honest that being said I'm surprised being close to Mike Ashley as he is I'm surprised he didn't take it because he's been out of the game for so long and I don't think he'll find a better opportunity at Premier League level to get back into football the thing is um, by the sounds of it whoever does come in to the position um, to manage Newcastle United is just going to be the just to stand on the touchline because until until else, a takeover's done, everything else is going to be handled by the you know the higher ups transfers. Transfer, it that's like. the way things are going with most football clubs though. What you, what you want is you want a safe pair. I know it's a cliche again, and I know um, we hear this a lot. I mean, Roy Hodgson was seen as a safe pair of hands for Liverpool when he came in, and you see how that worked out. Um, you want someone to come in and steady the ship now the issue is they're following Rafa someone who the fans loved so anyone coming in I think he's on a hiding to nowhere um, he's I mean we'll mention the name that looks favourite now is Steve Bruce ex-Sunderland manager yeah I wouldn't I mean I wouldn't if I was a Geordie and I'm not obviously so I'd love to hear from um, some some Newcastle fans other than Simon where would you where would you talk <laughs> to us about that Stephen at Towner's Podcast on Twitter thank you um, and we'll be kind of getting the Facebook page more lively as well, well we, we have a uh, he doesn't know it yet we have a social media expert no Tom's Tom's not uh, Tom's unfortunately on holiday today so um, we've given him a new job he's our social media head he doesn't know he doesn't yet. know that so hopefully he'll hear it for the first time here Um Steve, I wouldn't hold that against him as being an ex-Sunderland manager because I think it's well known that he's actually a Newcastle lad. He's a Newcastle fan. He is a Newcastle fan. fan, but the thing is for me, he he had maybe a few seasons worth of keeping teams in the Premier League, but since then, he's football, more than a championship manager. Football has moved on probably three times in his thing, and he's not moved with it. I don't know. Do I you know who know. I feel sorry for? Go on. Almiron. He arrives. He's come in as after Rafa Benitez, his go-to guy. He's got two lads who speak his language playing yeah. up top with him. Mm-hmm. 
with a manager who speaks his language. Yeah. So he's thinking, right, on, I, I know what I'm getting here. To be fair, he does speak English. He does. Like, he does speak English, because right, he's pl- played in the MLS for quite some time. You, his English is good. Yeah, but you're not telling me that it's more comfortable to speak your no, native language native, when, yeah, in the heat of battle. Yeah. But for me, he's gone from that to... No Rondon, no Rafa. No Rondon, no Rafa, no Perez. No Iosi. Who's oh, When you sold. mention it like that, I mean, it's just... I mean? He's walked into the club. No, I don't feel... I mean, you could always feel sorry for Armand, but it's the fans that I feel sorry for. I don't feel sorry for you. <laughs> oh, thanks, mate. I feel sorry for the Newcastle fans. I really do. Um, that club deserves more. I mean, if they ended up getting taken over by a shake and ended up uh, in direct competition with us, I might feel differently. But at the moment, uh, those fans have been dumped on from a great height quite regularly by a man who, obviously, his, his only motivation is money. And he's a businessman, fair enough. Um, Good work on Twitter, though, by some of the Newcastle fan accounts. They're trying to organise a boycott of the just... It's always going to be happy. It is good. It's a good way to go. Um, I remember when they were talking about putting our season ticket and just general ticket prices up at Anfield and we did the walkout against, I think it was Middlesbrough. Middlesbrough, I think it was. And we ended up conceding when everyone had walked out. And uh, and it worked. There's been a freeze on ticket prices at Liverpool ever since. So it'd be great. But with like people saying they're not renewing the season tickets, they're not going to go... To a certain degree, Newcastle is such a club that people will always end up going to the ground. Even if even if they don't want to be putting money in my cash's pocket, they'll always agree to go and watch their club because that's what they have week in, week out. That is their religion up there. It, what What's sad for me, and it is on that, that line of, of fans, is that, you know, 70, 80-year-old, maybe 70-year-old um, fans are not renewing the season ticket for the first time in... 50 years or and you can understand why um, I don't think I'd ever boy. however bad things got on my club I don't think I'd ever kind of give up my season ticket not go to the games I'd probably want to make my voices heard after the game before the game but Newcastle fans have tried that so, exactly. so I understand they don't want to put any more money into that no, horrible, that's, horrible horrible I understand that's pocket. the only way that you can probably hit Mike Ashley but um, at the end of the day I don't think he cares and I don't think a few thousand people not renewing the season tickets will hit him hard enough. Uh, not for just a few months, anyway. Um, it's going it, to rumble on this. It's a, I, it is I don't rumble. think we'll be in a new, uh, a better position. No, come the, the next end of the season. Well, I was going to say in, in a couple, in a couple now. Uh, may, maybe if if you with don't sign Steven, a striker, the only if you don't buy, not to have bought anybody. I know, but I mean, you look at who we've signed. We've signed a Dutch teenager at one point seven million. Yeah, but and we're going to sign a teenager from Fulham, albeit great prospects. But we haven't. I mean, you can't really say we've signed anyone to strengthen the first team. But, so, but you don't need. Really no, I know, I know, I know. What we you're do. Saying. Yeah, we, we do. have. We, with Perez right not being there, with Perez not being there, Rondon not being there. Yeah. Our right midfielder is now a left wing back. I don't. No striker. I think that might change. I think you will. If you I saw think, the pictures from this morning or yesterday morning, I can't remember which. It's all a blur. <laughs> um, if you saw the, the the players getting onto the plane to go to China, you would cry. Jack Callback, I think I saw. Really? Hosselu. And uh, you're asking 50 million for long stuff, aren't you? Yeah. But Mike Ashley. That's mad. Mike Ashley will sell. Mad. He will sell. But no, no, but I mean, he should sell at 50 million because that oh, is no. madness. If they come in 50 million, yeah, absolutely. I mean, that is madness. Like, I mean, apparently Newcastle have said that he's worth 50 million because Wambasaka's worth 50 million. Wambasaka played pretty much every game for Palace last year and he's played for under 21s for however long now. He's a clearly a quality Premier League player. Longstaff's had how many games? 
he had Newcastle. a fair few had, after Christmas. How many starts has he what, had for Newcastle? What would you, I just, just for fifty million? How much would, What would you rate Declan Rice at? I don't. I mean, I'd rate Declan Rice at about. I mean, it's madness even saying this, but I'd say about thirty million. It's a long staff. Yeah, I wouldn't say either of them are nowhere near forty. Don't get me wrong. I don't think I don't think staffs at work. 50 million I don't, but, but Declan Rice is, yeah, no, but Declan Rice is seen as 50 million and it's like no like he's alright but both of them Rice and Longstaff they're good midfielders but when and I know it doesn't obviously anymore but when you spend 50 million on a player you want someone who's gonna like take the game by the scruff of the neck. I mean we ended up spending 40 on Ox um, and obviously it's not worked out due to game time but before he got his injury he was adding so much to us as a as I mean he was starting games but then he was coming off the bench doesn't matter if he's starting games any anymore your price tag doesn't dictate if you start games now it's how because like, Fabinho we spent 40 million on and um, and he didn't start for a couple of months but long staff at 50 million if United came in with 50 million I'd be surprised to hear any Newcastle fan who wouldn't drive him to United for fifty million. Well, no, you're if wrong. You could, no, you're if wrong. you if you could if you could reinvest that. But we're not going to reinvest. Yeah, it. that's that was that was the that was the point I was making. Um, I tell you what, because you can see tears rolling down my cheeks. <laughs> shall we move on to some other news? Yeah, um, yeah. We've we've had quite a, quite a bit of news really. Um, just in the just today really, Solskjaer must have had a press conference after. That Perth drubbing of the two nil, the two nil drubbing of Perth. against Perth kids, yeah. Perth, Perth under eights. Yeah, I <laughs> the picture I sent this morning. Apparently, uh, Ashley Young was playing like a young Roberto Carlos against some seven year olds. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, then, did you hear about the um, the Liverpool fan uh, and the plane above yeah, their yeah. training ground yeah, just yeah, today? Yeah. <laughs> I've got to admit, I'm not a big fan of the whole plane banners, but that made me chuckle because it wasn't even in the game; it was a training session. Yeah. Uh, Solskjaer has said that he'll have an update on Lukaku's future next week. Which probably means he's gone. Yeah. Well, apparently Icardi <laughs> is on his way to Juventus, so that leaves a lovely, big old shaped hole for a striker. Yeah, at Inter. And it's and Conte's, Conte wanted him when he was at Chelsea. Um, and obviously he went to United, so he ended up having to get Morata instead. So Conte will finally, Conte will finally get his man there. I think... Lukaku going obviously I don't rate him um, he was he, he was much better at Everton due to their style of play um, just to kind of lump it up to him and, and hope for the best um, but I think Lukaku going may mean that Pogba may stay just because I can't imagine United going out and signing seven or eight players and that's what they'd have to do if they lost both Pogba and Lukaku um, but it'll be interesting I would have thought Inter will pay 60-70 for him, which is incredible considering the initial outlay on uh, uh, on Lukaku sorry, was 75 million. So to get anywhere close to what they paid for him would be great because I don't think he's he's not done any better at United than he was at Everton really, has he? No. Um, one hilarious, uh, which just, I think will probably work out quite well, but it's just some of the tweets I've seen. Um, Everton have gone from been linked with quite a few high-profile players to uh, to Fabian Delph. Nah, this could be the Gareth Barry signing that they they had a few seasons ago. And need to look how that turned out. Yeah. Um, I've I've not commented on this as much as 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 some of the other Liverpool fans I've seen because um, obviously Liverpool fans are going to comment well, on Everton. He's going to score a hat trick against you. <laughs> Everton comment on Liverpool, Liverpool comment on Everton. It's just the way intercity rivalries go. Um, I don't think this is a ridiculous deal at all. I think eight million for a player who's been a very important part of 
a league dominating squad is a great deal for Everton uh, and it's a great deal for Delph as well he'll get He'll, he'll walk into that side. I really think he will. If Everton fans say, no, no, he's not good enough to walk into a side where there's Andre Gomez, yeah, that's just one position. Fabian Delph walks into that um, that Everton side every day of the week. Every day of the week. Um, and it's a, I think it's a good signing. It's a, Again, it's, yeah. I, I say it a lot, but it's a no-brainer from Everton. It's a no-brainer from Delph. Uh, in terms of some other sort of signings we've, we've seen, it looks like Leeds are capitulating, roofs off. Um, Clark's been sold to Tottenham who's going back on loan Yeah, and, ne- and they've now sold uh, Pontus Janssen who was the sort of like ta- like big leader man. have they not made any have they not kind of replaced no it doesn't seem so at the minute um, just to give you an insight to the recording of, of this podcast we're actually outside at the minute and we're perplexed by a bird who can somehow cling to it was looking like it was straight gonna, brick it was gonna look like it was going to fly through one of my windows which yeah. I was more worried about just while we've got this pause in um, in in things Stephen your face has to face the microphone <laughs> I apologise um, some other things Sam Gallagher's just gone to Blackburn um, I think which is a good sign some of the main transfer news has all been Aston Villa based hasn't it now obviously we mentioned yeah, they, and, and I'm going to kind of need Aston Fulham <laughs> I'm going to briefly mention Steve Bruce who was actually sacked at Aston Villa oh just, stop it just let that let that stop sink it. in a manager who wasn't good enough for Aston Villa in the championship during their time couldn't get them up out of the championship he's now good enough to manage a Premier League side like Newcastle United so just let that sink in oh, thanks for listening <laughs> to you <laughs> um, so Dean Smith um, as you heard Simon mention Aston Fulham um, we all remember Fulham's outlay. They spent over 100 million last summer, and look how that ended out. And relegated. Relegated. Um, so maybe that's what Mark Cash is doing. He's thinking Fulham spent 100 million. If we spend nothing, so yeah. Well, well <laughs> you hope. So Villa have just signed. Well, they're about to. They're closing on the sign of Manchester City midfielder Douglas Louise, and that'll take their spending over 100 million pounds. So and, and that'll be their. I think it'll be their eighth signing. Um, so they've, they've signed Esri Concer. Tyrone Mings was a big one, twenty yeah. million. Uh, our mate Jack was quite happy with that deal. He couldn't believe they got that much money for him. Uh, Wesley Moraes, uh, Matt Target, Courtney Horse, Anwar El Ghazi, and Jota. Not the Jota from Wolves. <laughs> you, that's what you. That's you why I, I, as soon as I saw that, I was like, no, that can't be right. Um, Jota, who they've signed directly from City rivals Birmingham. So they're being backed. You'd hope you look at that squad. You'd, ho- you'd look at that list and it's different from the way Fulham have done it isn't it now Fulham went to go and buy the likes of Andre Schurler I mean I know they went for Babel later on they, they went for Lazar Markovic that was a scattergun approach whereas Villa seemed to be signing players Mings knows. aside that, that Dean Smith thinks can help them they're not going yeah. for just household names they're not going for people that might have done it for a little bit in the Premier League they go- it looks like they're going for Dean Smith's targets and hopefully It'll work for them because I, I, I like Villa as a Premier League club. I think the fans are extremely fickle, um, as are most football fans, to be fair. Um, but I've been there at Anfield when they've booed off Gabby Agbonlahor after a poor game, and he's there. Obviously, he was a local hero of theirs. So to hear a set of fans boo someone like Gabby Agbonlahor, it always left a sour taste in my mouth. But as a, as a Premier League club, I've always enjoyed going to Villa Park because it's it, it's a historic Ground, you know the whole end. Oh, I just read there. Go on. They're after the Premier League legend that was 
Hatib Ben Arthur, who's a free agent. Ben Arthur, really? I'd take him back at Newcastle. Nah, no, I'd take him back. No, I, I never rated Ben Arthur. He ever. brought the good. Oh, come off it. No. Had he had the attitude, it's a bit like what you could probably say, like Pogba and a fair few players. If he had the attitude, that boy could have been world class. I just think he, he had the turn he had the pace why would you like, so it looks like Smith's going for people to fit into his squad why bring someone in who could completely cock up that that kind of upset the apple cart um, attitude wise I just don't get why he'd do that do I you really know don't I, at the end of the day I think this is going to be a tough old season for the likes of Newcastle because I think it's almost you look at you look at everybody the strengthening in the squad but we haven't we haven't yeah but you don't need to strengthen people keep saying that right but City didn't need to strengthen you just need a new centre back really and a more attacking no I think I don't know Um, I look at our squad and I agree that we don't need a great deal Um, I I really do Uh, and when I think about signing a new centre-back or a new midfielder I think where would they fit in um, to the team that won the Champions League but then I look across and I see City signing lights with Rodri for 60 odd million albeit they need him because Fernandinho is not going to last forever however City were at their at times were at their weakest January, February time December, January, February time when Fernandinho was out they won't be this time because they'll have someone like Rodri to come in instead of just relying on Gundogan to do that role Um it's, it's hard to his, say. Um, God rest his soul. Yeah, but after his injury, that <laughs> tribute, that was absolutely ridiculous. Um, but yeah, I think it's, I think the season coming is almost impossible to predict. Uh, I am. I, I support the European champions. How can I not be excited? Uh, <laughs> I that, mean, you I walked, you walked into that. <laughs> I'm not going to say this week's podcast. I can't even tell you the number what this podcast no, is now. No. We've, we've spoke so much rubbish. Oh, yeah. We should mention, though, um, just to plug our other uh, edition, Victory Park edition, we'll be at the Chorley FC Preston North End. Tuesday night. Friendly on Tuesday, yet, yeah, where we hope to interview one or both. We were of, at the Longridge game today for the Longridge, albeit a short yeah, period of um, time. 4-0 win somewhere. Chris Hoyrood had his first one out. I tell you what, Trialist has got a lot of goals this preseason. <laughs> yeah, Trialist really Trialist has. everywhere. <laughs> yeah, Holroyd looked good today. Missed a few, but I think he's just fine. I think he's fine. His feet. I thought he's a striker. I think his link-up play was incredible. He, set, he held the set, ball up. Super held, held, didn't just hold the ball up, but his his link-up play. Like I mean, he set up two goals essentially yeah. by holding the ball, waiting, and playing the ball off. And, so, and we heard the best thing I've ever heard on a football. Oh, Courtney Mep and Walters, uh, the centre back at Chorley. Uh, steamed a big centre back as steamed well. into the uh, into the uh, into the opposing box at Beating Longridge. Two players. It was three. Was it, it was three? essentially three players. Uh, so the goalkeeper at Longridge decided to ask Very his centre backs. Yeah, in uh, in words that I can't repeat on this podcast. It's it, just it was. How did he beat you all? To which Map and Walters replied that it was because he was sick, mate. And we all agreed, didn't we? Yeah, absolutely. You could, you could only... You should so, not, really. so we're having a lot of fun uh, following Charlie at the moment and we'll be following them again on Tuesday, hoping to speak to one of uh, Matt Chaloner, one of, or both, Matt Chaloner and Andy T. I am concerned, though. Go on. Because, as we know, we, we're missing we're missing a third of our group. We are the social uh, media head. And, and we do... <laughs> <laughs> we do Hi, Tom. We do know his his love of supporting lots of teams. We do. So we're going to go to a Chorley game. He's going to come out wearing a white shirt, isn't he? Yeah, he is. Yeah, yeah. He's going to become a Preston fan. Well, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. We won't let. We'll, we'll sack him if that that occurs. But, we, need, but can we sack him? We need him to hold the mic, don't we? We, we need. Do. We, I mean, he's social media head, Plus, but he's mic arm. Tom isn't was he? born in Preston. You know, you're going to give him that. <laughs> As was I like, but there we yeah. go. But no, we're looking forward to going to that and. Uh, 
for those of you who have stuck with us uh, during the Chorley edition and you're listening now. Hope you enjoyed the whole wide interview last week and we hope that you'll enjoy further episodes to come of this and the Victory Park edition. Absolutely. I think there's just one more thing we can say is if you have enjoyed this or you want to tell us we're talking rubbish, which... Yeah, and you haven't enjoyed it, just, tell just us, comment. Please. Yeah, please. Um, <laughs> you'll find us at Tyrodas Podcast on Twitter. Yeah. Um, you'll soon to find us because I'm going to say it on the podcast so we have to do it. You're going to find us on other social media and website yeah soon. website will be going up soon uh, we said that within the first month look, but we will we'll get look, there we started in january when it was dark and cold and we both had lots of work i yeah. am now on a six-week holiday from school. i'm not so you're, you're not so simon will be taking the lead with a but, lot of this but what's quite lucky is is you don't know which way a computer goes no i don't know no. i've got a little She's bit bad for a lad who comes from a computer business family yeah but yeah, that is. that's neither here nor there well, We've thanks. got away from football. Yeah, we, we really have, and we and we started away from football as well. So we should probably wrap it up. Pre-season, we're just we're just warming up. Warming up, yeah. Much yeah, like trialist. Much like trialist. We're just getting our boots on. Yeah, here. we are. We are. Thank you for listening. Um, we hope you have a great week, and hopefully we'll see you. I'm, I can't say it again. I can't say it next week. No, we'll see you on the next episode yeah. of the the regular Out of Towns podcast. Nice one. Cheers. Thank you.